All right, babe, we don't really need to give an introduction to the next person. He's like Madonna. He can go by one name. Yep. Uh, you know, he doesn't even need a last name. He should get a symbol instead of a name at this point. She'd be like Prince. Uh-huh. But we're talking to Kafuzi. Yes, a.k.a. Mike Co. Mike, welcome back to the show. Thanks so much for having me, guys. It's good to see you guys again. I know. I, again and again and I again. couldn't believe. So you were episode 40, and I was like, oh, my gosh, it's been over two years. And so much has happened. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, like, in, we've talked before, like, online, and I've interviewed yeah. both of you guys. Um, but, you know, coming back here on, on your podcast, it's, uh, it's, it is really great to see. It. And, like, things have kind of exploded beyond what I thought what would happen for, for each of us. So that's really cool. Yeah. I totally agree. I was telling Thomas, I was trying to write down all of the places that we have been together in the past couple of years. And I'm like, we have done some cool shit. Like yeah. <laughs> we went to Tokyo together. We went to Worlds in Eugene. We went to Falmouth. We went to Boulder. Like there's Chicago, so much fun New stuff. York. Yeah, you name it. Yeah. I mean, it's like, um, you know, I go to events without you guys sometimes, believe it or not. And it's not the same when <laughs> you guys upsetting. aren't there. I, I'm always like. Well, where, where, where's Thomas and Megan? Because sometimes <laughs> this summer I went to an event and Seth was there and he's like, oh, I write for Believe in the Run. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, someone from Believe in the Run came. I'm glad to meet you. But I'm like, where's, where's Thomas? Where maybe Robbie could have come as well. Um, so yeah. I'm, sometimes it's like there was a chance and sometimes there wasn't, but I wish that there would have been, you know? So Yeah. Yeah, it'd be fun. I think it would be good. Like the, I did. When you're talking about Seth Epley went to the hut to hut with you and that run did look like fun. So, I mean, I dig that. I think that we should do a massive takeover of an event like the trans Rockies and, mm-hmm. and do a six day. Mm, let's do that. Six day trip with all our, all of our crews and stuff like that and have everybody in there. That'd be fun. Yeah. I mean, um, Years ago, when I started making like YouTube videos, I had always kind of envisioned um, something like along the lines of city slickers, where instead yeah. of like cattle driving, though, it's running, where it's just uh-huh. me, my maybe my midlife crisis, middle aged friends, and uh, several days in the wilderness out of our element, but also doing something that's fun together. So, like, I mean, running trails isn't that much out of the element, but it would be different. Like, camping is hard for me yeah so i feel like something well, like that a multi-day adventure is definitely something i, I would want to do and trans rocky trans rockies is like that it's like glamping it's yeah it's definitely glamping. you run from <laughs> so it's the best part about it is you get they serve you breakfast in the morning mm-hmm. you run and then your responsibilities are done for the day you get to your tent you shower you there's a beer truck usually there's uh food mm-hmm. provided. i lost you guys oh uh-oh are we back? Look at his face. <laughs> yeah, what is happening? Mike, yours. Your I hope this comes through on the video because, like, crazy. if you can see Mike right now, his face is insane. There okay. he is. Okay. There we go. Sorry. Are you right, back? You're back. telling yeah. me about glamping. Yeah. So it's like glamping. So you run, you'll do like your only responsibility for the day is to run. So you run your miles up and over, usually. So you go up the mountain, down, across the mountain, down the mountain. And then you get to the other side. They've moved all the tents and everything. So you just grab your bag off the truck, pick a tent, and then go shower. There's a beer truck. There's a pit fire. Then dinner is served, and you go to bed, and you get up, and you do the same thing. Yeah, I'm in. 
I'm in. All right. All right, we got to make that happen. Yeah. Um, before we started recording, Mike, I told you I have a bunch of really random questions for you. So this podcast <laughs> is going to go all over the place. Okay, um, I love it. My first one, though, is what shoe did you run in this morning? I can't tell you what yes, I was can. Yeah, it's, it's under embargo. Wait, wait, will this come out after Monday? Yeah. 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 Okay. I ran in the Nova Blast War today. I ran Dude, in the ring. I, it's the, yeah. I, don't, I don't think the embargo includes telling people what you're running in. Like I put it in my Strava today. Oh, okay. It says Nova Blast Four. It, I don't have pictures of it. I don't have uh, any description. But what's okay. your first thoughts? Um, it's a great shoe, but I feel like uh, the FF Blast Plus Eco makes it more Nimbus-like. So it's more cushioned and it's more comfy, but I think it lost just a little bit of a, a, a little bit of a step, you know? I wouldn't take it for workouts, whereas the Nova Blast, I could. I don't know yeah. about the Nova, like the Nova Blast 3, but I don't know about the Nova Blast 4. It's funny you say Nimbus, because I, I feel like that cushioning is softer and, and less responsive. I actually think it feels more like the Cumulus with a different outsole. Mm, yeah. See, I, in the cumulus for me, I feel the gel and the, like the, how they kind of make it a little bit more stable. And I don't, okay. I think just the way that the cumulus is like flared out, it's just yeah. more like stout of a shoe. So I like, that's what I feel on the cumulus. I can't even tell like what the foam is on the cumulus because I think the shaping and some of the other like structural elements gets so, in the way. Yeah. It, it just interferes with my ability to like, I don't yeah. know what's going on in the shoe. I don't love the cumulus. It's good, but it's not going to be high on my list um but the nimbus so, yeah. i like because it's less like structured and i could feel the foam mm -hmm. and i'm like this is a nice squishy foam for relaxed running and i feel like i'm yeah. getting like a slightly faster version of that in the nova blast 4 so that's my early I would like, agree with that because it's a little runs. firmer but yeah. what about like here's the thing though i feel like where the nova blast used to stand out a different look like if you remember the first one it had like that engineered uh, mesh that had like openings and slices in it and then the next one we kind of had this like rough and ready looking upper that was like something different that it looked completely different than anything else in the asics lineup and now i feel like the upper looks it's a variation of like say the nimbus it's a variation of that it's a very similar upper to other shoes that they have and even the detailing on the midsole is it's still more aggressive than some of the other models, but it, it's tamed down. I feel like this one's tamed in and we got to talk about the weight. It's gone up uh, almost an entire ounce. Uh, I think that's because of the rubber that they put on it. Maybe the upper is a little more substantial, but I don't know. Any of those things pop into your head? Yeah, it, it looks to me like there's a lot more rubber on the outsole. Um, cause I, some, you know, there was a lot of people complaining about like grip in the wet. I'd never experienced that even when running like in the rain or like what's slipperier is like when it just starts raining, you know? Yeah. I never experienced that problem and I liked it the way it was, but now it seems like there's a little bit more rubber, which is always like one of the heavier elements you could put in a shoe. It feels like. And yeah. then, um, as far as the styling goes, yeah, I do feel like there's, there are like, I, I generally like it when brands kind of like have a similar design language across the year, mm -hmm. you know, that I, I usually like, but like you're saying, like the Nova has always kind of been like, it sits by itself. Whereas like Cumulus, Nimbus, they have cloud names. Those go together. And like yeah. the Cayano and like, well, the Nova Blast has super together. Blast. Yeah. But like it, that was like, these things have existed for like 20 years. Yeah. This thing is brand new and different and we're going to make it look different. So like, 
you know, I th- feel like the going back to what you said that it reminds you of the cumulus. I feel like the design and the etchings and the shaving of the shaping of the midsoles on the cumulus and Nova Blast are reminiscent of each other, which again is good kind of like from a brand language. perspective. Design yeah, language, yeah. Exactly. But like also like but are these two models that should look a little bit more different, you know? Yeah. I that's a thing I kind of um I felt like this one is a it's it's taming. It's almost like it was out like you're saying it was out here and the gravitational pull of the brand is pulling it into <laughs> I think we see that with a lot of brands. Like I mean we do, look but at that's the, the rebel look at the SC trainer. They made that a less like crazy fun shoe. It I think it's better, but it's not the well, I think a, a negative version of that would be the Rebel. The Rebel was a beautiful design that looked unique, and then they made it look like a daily trainer. Yeah, right. but I I just I I love the Rebel Three though. I did not like the Rebel Two all that much. So uh, like that's where I I will dis- disagree with you on that one. But like yeah, I mean we saw that SC Trainer Two, great example. It's more boring. It is it's better, but it's kind of less like zany yeah. you know and i like yeah. I, I like things that are weird and like the 1080 as well like it used to be like this weird that had that weird heel cup in the back it was super awkward oh, i hated that i actually really <laughs> liked it and um but now now you look at it now and it's like oh it's really streamlined it's a better shoe it's a much better yeah. shoe yeah. but i'm like but where's the quirkiness like can we still yeah. keep it quirky and make it better I, i'd like to but have that's both. a that's a selfish thing for us i think is people that review true. a lot of true, shoes true. Because it's hard to review shoe after shoe after shoe when they make them so similar to each other. And they're boring. Yeah, boring <laughs> would be a word to use. Yeah. Um, but that's the thing. It's like it, I I remember the first time I saw Nova Blast, and I was just like, oh, okay, Asics is taking a turn. There, we're going a different direction. This is cool. Mm-hmm. I, I remember now, that video that you made of that first time you saw. <laughs> oh, that's from from TRE, which is coming yeah. up really soon. I know. That's okay. Those are more of my questions. All right, let's stop nerding out about. This I know we just lost like a yeah, million people who doesn't off. care about shoes. <laughs> people, <laughs> okay. you know what? Here, look, you finally had a shoe, uh, an episode where you're talking about running in shoes. So I'm like, there you I go. Yeah, now you're good for like go. the next six or seven episodes. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, yeah, we don't talk about running at all anymore. Uh, have, wait, can I ask him one more question about shoes before we go? <laughs> You know it's going to come back up. Yeah, you've got the you you must have we all got a drop because we probably get similar drops at the same time. Yeah, you just got a package probably from Saucony that has uh, two endorphins and one ride. No, I didn't. Did not. you get that? No, okay. I'm I'm you, I think I'm second tier at Saucony. Like I get stuff. I got the endorphin elite right away, but then everything else I usually get a little bit later. Okay. Well, it's, it's okay. interesting that we got it because it's not off embargo <laughs> until February. Yeah, which is oh yeah. I kind of hate that. I kind of like yeah. I love it that we get it early, but I also kind of hate it because I'm like, when am I supposed to do this for three months? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I'm glad well, I don't it, have it yet then because I don't. You want also lose. It's not that you lose interest, but we ha- you know how things progress. Like you get boom, 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 and it's like I like stuff about a month out. Same. So I can get my stuff. I can hit, and when the shoe releases, we can have all our ducks in a row. Yeah. When we get it this far out, it is a little bit of like, because at this point, I already have, uh, you know, seven miles on one of the shoes that I can't review for three months, four months. By the time it comes out, I'll probably have 100 miles on it. But yeah. the, well, um, the, 
the thing is that's going to be weird is if that comes off embargo in February and you have it's snowing and winter out and you have like fall or they're running in like a singlet right. it'll be like what where what did you when did you review this <laughs> you know yeah. so well, i mean that's also, yeah. that's all problem too where are you with new balance shoes um do you have, i usually get i usually have... get stuff prettier early with them okay do um, you have the the racer that's the proto no i don't have that one yet okay so you'll probably have it yeah. soon. I think they're moving that embargo. All right. Anyway, yeah. let's move on to something else. Okay. Like, <laughs> Insider you, baseball. Would you say that you have created your dream job? Uh, yeah, I think so. On accident, you know, like, cause I didn't know that this was my dream job, but my approach has always been to kind of like follow what's interesting. You know, I, you know, I, I grew up in an immigrant Asian American household. So of course I wanted to be a doctor or I thought I wanted to be a doctor my entire life. So I kind of pursued that. But even then I was a biology major in college. And um, after that, I worked in a lab, but I found myself, you know, tinkering with the research, not tinkering with it, but like working on ways to incorporate um, digital imagery in a more practical way in what we were doing so we were, i was using like photoshop and connecting microscopes to cameras and stuff like that so like every step along the way even in the most boring jobs i was finding ways to get either like visual involved or on the, on the side when i was out of work i was doing something creative writing wise or something so you know i've always had kind of like this side thing where i needed some sort of like outlet you know what I mean? Like to do something different that wasn't so like uh, structured. And so like I kind of have always kind of gotten good at this other side hobby stuff at the same time with no real goal except for it was fun. Um, so yeah. like photography, videography, learning to like edit videos and stuff like that. Um, but then eventually like my legal world when I went to law school, that also coincided with visuals as well. So I went into litigation consulting so i was helping attorneys figure out how to tell their stories better with visuals in the courtroom and so like that became like a thing which that is there's not a career path for that even in law schools today not really and so like it was just weird like the eventually like the two things like my like desire to have like normal respectable jobs and like desire to do something <laughs> creative kind of like kept colliding until now like just the creative part has taken over and i have a the opposite of a respectable job i'm a youtuber so. <laughs> okay and, and that was going to be my question so your parents uh who i haven't met surprisingly um but here you go here i'm going to be a doctor no okay i'll be a lawyer no mm -hmm. i'm a guy that travels all over the place talking about running shoes and running in general Mm -hmm. um running around sometimes with your shirt off <laughs> and stuff how what what do what do how do they perceive your current occupation yeah they i don't i don't think they really understood it for a, a very long time um you know i was trying to explain them to them like they're like well who pays you i'm like well you know like youtube kind of <laughs> pays me google kind of pays me you know um you know, my wife has a really stable job, so that's like a big thing about it, you know? So um, a couple of, you know, it's, it's just like, I don't know, like think, you know, I grew up playing musical instruments, you know, again, very typical Asian American family growing up. So I'm like, how do you think Yo-Yo Ma makes money? You think he's on a salary somewhere? No, he like, he gets paid for performances. He appears at places, he's in commercials. He you threw out Yo-Yo Ma. Yeah, 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 cause I was like, well, I mean like, who who else? I'm like, think about a musician. And I was like, how does a musician make money? 
a music I was like like a standard musician well they put money up on streaming and that has some monetary value for them but the real money becomes from when they go on tours sure. there's merch yeah. there's appearances there's all these kinds of other ways that they can make money but it's not like they have like they don't like work they're not employees of anywhere they're kind of their own businesses and my mom's like what do you mean concerts and i was like okay <laughs> symphonies let's think about symphonies like all those people there they might like work with a philharmonic or whatever like that and maybe that's giving them a, a paycheck but they're not employees permanent employees like yeah. after a while they go somewhere else and they tour with a different group and then that's how they really make their money so clearly it's the so. job security that they're worried about of course yeah yeah, because I was walking away from something very stable and something that could, they could easily tell their friends what their kids do, you know. And yeah. so, like, that was a part of it too. Where they were like, what, what? "What is, what is your answer?" Like, if someone says, "What do you do?" What do you say? I make YouTube videos. That's there you it. Go. I like yeah, it. yeah, I, yeah. I've gone like full, like, you know, like I live in the. We just moved to the suburbs, so we're meeting a lot of people you know a lot of like uh -huh. my kids uh friends parents you know and they're like so what do you do i'm like i make youtube videos or i say like i'm a running influencer so okay. like i say that because i'm just That's like so it just cuts to the chase sure and, like yeah. they yeah. might be like okay or they might have follow-up questions and so like if they follow up i'm happy to talk about it but most people don't want to follow up after that <laughs> which is surprising i'd be like you do what yeah you know, so well yeah i think a lot of people are so concerned with how they can benefit from what you do so like if you're in a line with your kids class and that guy's an insurance salesman or a uh <laughs> you know whatever or a financial advisor he's like so what do you do and you're like i make youtube videos like next <laughs> <laughs> not a client okay <laughs> but you did bring up a interesting thing because it took us a while to figure this out um that in this profession this is again some inside baseball uh it's not a one source or one stream. You got to have several uh, ways to generate the income coming in. Like it's not going to be you. It's not like a job where you can be like, okay, we got this and we're just going to sit here and just milk that cow. It's, it's more of a, all right, we got to work here. You, you get some off of website ads, you get some off of YouTube channel, you get some, and it's just little cuts that uh, add up to, uh, a bigger picture so if you're out there and you're considering doing this it's consider diversifying your <laughs> the ways that you yeah. you get things in yeah it takes like it's like uh it, it was funny when i like i haven't had a consultant for all uh, an accountant for a long time and so then like the year where it switched over to like full time she's like and what is this i'm like oh well you know i put music in all my videos and i put <laughs> I have a service that I use for that and I have an affiliate link. So, you know, when other people sign up for that, that's what that money is. Then I get, you oh, know, wow. a kickback. And she's like, wait, tell me, you, so videos? And I'm like, oh, we got to <laughs> go backwards. Um, so yeah, there's been a pivot, you know? So, you know, so that, that, that was some fun conversations to have. Um, so one of the cool things, like I mentioned at the top of this, is that we get to travel everywhere. So a couple questions about that. One, what has been your favorite place you've been in the last year? And then two, do you ever feel like the travel is really hard to juggle when you're not only marathon training, but also have a family? Yeah, I'd say that the favorite was Tokyo. I mean, I, I've had a, a really 
crazy 12 months. Uh, and I've probably done more traveling the last 12 months than I've done in my entire life. So it's been oh, wow. really, really incredible. Um, so, but Tokyo is just, it's, it's like a different, it's on literally on the other side of the planet. And it's like a, like culturally, it's just very different as well. So it's just very kind of disorienting and everything feels different. Everything, even stuff that's familiar, you know, even just running felt, you know, different. It was like a yeah. different place. Um, and then the traveling's hard to balance because it's because uh, my wife does work, uh, and so then like every time I'm gone, a lot of that stuff that I would normally do falls onto her, and so uh, my schedule is very flexible typically, and so um, I get to handle a lot of things that um, she doesn't she would like to do them, but she can't do because she has to be working. Uh, and so then she has to figure out a way to kind of handle all that. So that's like the biggest thing is that one, I'm missing out on a lot of things. Um, and two, it's like, I feel bad because then my wife has to work that much harder while I'm somewhere. You have family, like, family nearby to help out too, right? Kind of. I mean, we moved, we, when I said we moved to the suburbs, we moved closer to my in-laws um, yeah. so it's just a, it's a much easier drive for them. And we have, you know, a, an extra bedroom now. So like they can come and have a space where they're comfortable and they're, um, set up and they kind of have like their own bathroom and stuff like that. So it's just nicer for them to just drop in whenever, yeah. um, when, if, if I need to travel or my wife does travel for work periodically too. So like if that happens, then I usually have my parents come over and so, you know, that extra space is like space for reinforcements. Do you think, um, like you're saying the last 12 months you've traveled the most you have in your whole life? Like, is this sustainable? Are you, is, are we seeing 2024? Are you going to be traveling a ton or are you like, uh, I'm tapped out? <laughs> I mean, I'm hoping to travel a lot more for 2024. I'd like to finish six stars next year. So I'm hoping I get into London and Berlin. So that's already we're too big. We're going to trip. Berlin. All right. <laughs> uh, so we got to make sure that we're going, we keep saying we're going to Berlin. <laughs> yeah. We got to make sure that yeah. that. Well, I keep saying I'm going there. to London. I don't have a bib yet. So I got to figure that out. Yeah. But, um, but like I, I'm hoping to do those two trips. I'd love to be able to go watch the Olympics, uh, the marathons for the Olympics too. So I mean, that would be you know London, Paris, Berlin. All what about Olympic there. trials? Yeah, I'll be in Orlando for the trials too. Right. So I mean, like that's I mean that that for me is going to be the most exciting race of the entire year. Yeah, you know, because it's like those are all the people that I follow. The Olympics is cool because it's the Olympics, and the right. level of running is that like one level even higher. You know, but um. Those are all, all the athletes that like I follow, like, it's like my, my, my phone, my Instagram, like comes to life and everyone's all racing at the same time. So it's, it's super fun. So I'm really looking forward to that. So there'll be really good domestic travel, but also hopefully good international travel as well. None of those flights are booked yet. So like, you know, it's, it's yeah. planned. Um, and I have right. some other things that I'd like to maybe try to execute as well, but you know, still, I guess kind of far off before we get into final planning on that stuff. Um, speaking of athletes, I feel like you've done a lot more athlete interviews and like whatever, just more stuff with the athletes versus just like talking shoes and brands and stuff. So what, how did that happen? Uh, cause I'm interested in it again. It's just like pursuing okay. curiosity. And so like, I do like making review videos and kind of related to like the travel thing is this like, you know, if I made two more shoe review videos, I'd probably have more views right now, you know, but then it's also like, well, you still want to make sure you're diversifying your content and also having fun. And so like, you know, this is just like, 
I really want to talk to that person. I've been doing this live stream. I have this YouTube channel. So there is a place for them to speak. And so like, this is a way that like I can showcase people that I think are doing a good job storytelling in the running space and also kind of like, you know, satisfy that curiosity of mine of like, I have questions that some, most other people aren't asking. And so I want to put that out there into the world as well. So that's where that comes. I from. think that's, I think that's a tough thing is when you, you, we all know that we talk to it's, it, we all get the same shoes. We talk to the similar people it's I think where the differentiation comes in is that I, I try to not ask the same questions or have the same take. Uh, you know, you could ha interview someone and you might get something out of them different than than we might. And just also how comfortable they are with each person and how they come out. So I think that that's interesting. But the the main point behind what you said that I like is it's not all about the views and the clicks and the, the numbers there. Sometimes those can be exciting. I noticed you just posted your Instagram, uh, level went up and, uh, you Congrats. know, that, yeah, that's exciting. It's fun to see the numbers cause it's a indication that people are enjoying what you're mm -hmm. doing. But at the same time, I love that we have the freedom to pursue what we find interesting or regardless of whether it gets a click, like, it, having, you know, for us having uh, Herm's runs comes down and get on the electric bike, it's not going to do anything, but maybe entertain or get a couple of people to smile. Um, and that's worth it, you know? Yeah. I mean, it, it's, uh, if it's not fun, then like this, like this job can get pretty draining there. You know, it looks like it's the best. It, I mean, we started out saying it's like the best job in the world and it, in many ways it is, but there are things that are also not great. So if you're not having fun, I mean, it get it could get old really fast. Yeah. Um, so that's part of our DNA is like, yeah, we if it's say not fun. It's why not are we fun, doing it? Don't do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay, speaking of numbers real quick. Wait, can I ask that, him a question before we yeah, do it? Yeah. All right, so you say that you ask people questions that you're interested that nobody else has asked, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. What is something that our audience and your audience doesn't know about you Ooh. that nobody's asked you and you're like, hmm, this is a side of me that I'd either like to keep quiet or, <laughs> He's not a, side of me, or a side of me that I wish we could talk about more? <laughs> Uh, I mean, something that I would like to talk about more that I don't, is, and I'll, I'll bring this up because yesterday, um, Ginger Runner put out the video of, of Shen Jiasheng running Western States. He, it was on the um, North Face channel. And, uh, it, you know, he, the theme was firsts and stuff like that. And so, because uh, he's like the first uh, Chinese person to crack top 10 for Western States. Uh, and also, he doesn't speak English. And so um, mm. that was also, uh, you know, a little bit of the culture shock. It was like they filmed his first time going to like an American grocery store. Uh, and he was just like, why is everything so big? And it was just really <laughs> funny. But also like he has a son in that his wife and his son came on uh, to Western States and they were out here for like a month. And that son was like two years old. Uh, which is how old I was when my parents moved to the United States. And so like that, I just, I connected to this, the, the first concept uh, and like the kind of like the culture shock of it um, through like the sun. I like, I didn't connect with Shen Jiasheng cause I'm not a superstar ultra marathon runner, but I connected with like the two year old boy who's just like, his mom was like, I don't know how much of this is going to remember. 
Um, but hopefully he takes some good stuff out of it. But like, you know, part of me is like a two year old doesn't remember much, but there's deep down parts of a two year old that they do remember things. And so like my, like a kind of like Asian American experience is something I don't really talk too much about, but that's one of those things where I'm trying to find like the right way to kind of explore that a little bit more. Um, I'm not sure if I'm always ready to talk about it and explore it. Um, so that, that's, that's one area. That's one Avenue. So, Okay, so just to elaborate on that a little bit, you said your uh, Asian American experience. So, is this how would you how would that come through in content? Like, how would I see that? Would it be highlighting Asian Americans? Would it be like how does that express itself? Yeah, I mean, so this year for like Asian American Heritage Month or whatever it's called, uh, I forget what month it was. Um, I. I tried to have guests on the live stream that were Asian American. And so that was like the theme for the month. And so like, I'm trying to figure that I don't know what that looks like yet either. You know, like when I go home or when I go to, um, uh, visit my family, you know, like we end up eating a lot of Korean food and it's very Korean American. Um, whereas like, you know, there's different, like kind of, I guess, levels of intensity, you know, of Korean Americanness, I guess, or Koreanness versus Americanness versus, what's the blend of the two, you know? So like, I'm still figuring all that stuff out for myself. Like where, what, who am I? What am I? Um, so I don't know how to like convey or portray that, but you know, it's usually, it's something that I've very much kind of like tried to avoid in the beginning. Um, and now I'm like, all right, maybe I'm ready to start looking at that. I don't know what that means, but what, why I'm curious why you were avoiding it. Uh, yeah, I mean, it relates to, to, you know, like the way I grew, grew up where just like, you know, like now I see on the internet, like Instagram, like, like, like white people like Korean food. And I'm like, what the heck is happening? Cause I just remember being <laughs> ridiculed like all day long about not even if I didn't like one day I brought Korean food for lunch and now that took forever to, for the school to get over that, you know, cause it was like weird. It was stinky and funny colors, all that kind of thing. And then, you know, other schools that I went to, just like, just knowing that I eat different food at home was enough for like, you know, for kids to find something to tease you about, you know? So like this whole like new culture where like, di- like different foods are embraced is very like disorienting to me. Cause I'm like, no guys, you got to hide that. You eat hummus at <laughs> home. You keep that at home. You don't let anybody know you eat hummus at home or you're going to be made fun of. Yes. Like. Baba ganoush is delicious. Just don't tell people about it. You know, like that's how I feel about like kind of like ethnic foods, you know, but like when people are like, like when I see people loving like Korean vegan, I'm like, look at all these people liking Korean food. People like white people are trying to make kimchi at home. What is this? Like, I, don't, <laughs> I don't understand. Like my brother-in-law uh, lives in the middle of Iowa. He was telling me he was trying to make kimchi at home. I'm like, wait, you were doing what? I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what's happening here. So like burying pots in the so, backyard. Yeah. So like, yeah, he could, I mean, he has enough land for that, but like, um, just like the, I, the, the it was always kind of like you be invisible. You hide all your differentness, you know, that's, See, and that I, was the survival I think that's, mode, you know, I think that's interesting. Cause I grew up in the Bay area in Sa- near San Francisco. Mm-hmm. So Asian culture, Hispanic culture was part of, um, it was just inbreded into inbreded. That's probably not the word embedded is I think the word that I was looking for um, into the community that I was in. It was a more 
socioeconomic divide rather than racial or um, ethnic divide where I lived. So I, I wonder how much of that is depending on where you live in the country. And then before there wasn't as much access to different, like you didn't go on Instagram and see somebody making ramen noodles uh, and adding the things that you're like, oh, that'll make that better. Like you were eating noodle cups, you know, cup of soup or whatever. Um, so I think that it's, to me, when I hear that, it's like, oh, I wonder how much of that was regional for you or, or what you and what those people were exposed to versus like growing up like where I did, where, you know, I would go over to friends' houses and there, there was weird smells coming out of the kitchen, you know, all the time from, you know, each person's house, you could tell where their parents were from. Yeah. I mean, I think part of that's regional and part of it's temporal. So I grew up in like, uh, in New Jersey. And so there's lots of Koreans that live in New Jersey and have for a very long time, but not quite as long as lived in like some, like either in like LA or in the Bay area. And so, um, I just think that like everything was just like a little bit newer, especially like in the New Jersey suburbs, you know, then, Oh, that's right. You were in Jersey. Yeah. Then things were probably in the Bay Area. And so, like, I think that's part of it, too, is that there wasn't as much time for, like, exposure. I was on, like, my, me and my parents, like, we came to the U.S. in 1982. So we were, like, on the front end on a lot of, like, the New Jersey immigrate, Asian immigration. Yeah. Um, I remember, like, growing up, like, we, my mom would have to drive for, like, an hour to go to, like, a Korean grocery store. And it was, like, this little tiny, like, single-wide portion of like a strip mall h mart you know it was h mart didn't exist like h mart to me still is really weird that like it exists I'm like, <laughs> there are enough cream people to support this whole market like i don't i don't understand that you know there's so there's i i just kind of like i'm a little bit yeah you know, i'm like I'm, I'm about your age thomas so i'm like a little bit older and on kind of like the earlier end of kind of like more exposure um, happening uh, of the Asian cultures. Yeah, I do remember moving to the East Coast from the West Coast, and like I was like, "Where's your Mexican restaurants? Where's your Chinese restaurants?" Even at like once you leave New York City, uh, I don't know how it is in New Jersey, but Maryland, like they still don't have good Chinese food in Maryland. I don't know one place you can go that has good Chinese food. They go to this one place out in the county where Whitefoot Jared goes, and I'm like, "Oh, that's not that's not really that's." That's not really Chinese food. Okay. Um, all right. I want to transition into some of your running, but first I want to say that whoever made fun of you is a real jerk and we don't like them. And thank you. Yeah, what's all, he doing now? We all love you. So well, thank you. screw them. Thank you. Yeah. Um, okay. So one big thing that happened since we talked to you last is that you broke three hours in the marathon mm -hmm. multiple times now. Um, but Grandma's 2022 was the first time, yeah? Right, yep. Okay, what did you do differently or did you not do differently? Because this was your fifth attempt at breaking three to make it happen. Yeah, uh, I mean, there's a couple, I think, little things. Like, I did do a little bit of cross-training where I, like, got on the bike a little bit, uh, like a bike trainer, um, you know, a couple of afternoons, Um as I was leading up to that race. But I think there was two, the, the bigger breakthroughs were kind of mental, um, for grandmas. And, um, I think I ran LA earlier that year. Um, and I came really close, but towards the end, I had some friends pacing me, Floris and Floris. coach Jimmy. 
And so like they were they were really pushing me and letting me know like this is what you got to do to be able to get what you say you want, you know? And so I was just like, "All right, I guess I guess this is the part where I would have normally given up and been like, "Ah, oh, yeah, it's just further away than I thought." But they were just like, "No, you got you don't give up. You get you keep digging." And so I was like, "Oh, okay." this is how much it's supposed to hurt. Okay. All right. I got it. Okay. <laughs> so that kind of like opened my eyes. Cause I came really close with them in LA. Um, and then, you know, what just was that having, like three Oh four? It was, no, it was like a three Oh one, three Oh one high. Wow. Okay. So it was yeah. pretty close and that's a hilly Damn. course. So I was just yeah. like, I felt really good about it overall. Um, and then, then just like, um, kind of like not, worrying about like am i running like the exact perfect workouts um am i doing like the most up-to-date cutting edge stuff just like doing good work trusting that it will take and getting another you know block in you know like before then i was very much like all right that didn't work so let's scrap all this figure out what else i got to do different um and uh start all over you know and i was after a while i was just like no i think i'm i think this is these are the like the three four things that are working let's just you know like it's like you know just keep steeping like the tea bag in the in the mm-hmm. water you just got to keep letting it you know um simmer for a little bit and then it'll it'll get it'll get to what it needs to be and so i think what you know that was the right course the right time and at a good pacer that also really helps too ben, ben yeah that's right who we'll see in New York here. And we'll talk yeah. about that in a second. But you know what? One thing that you've done that's kind of liberated me. And so as far as being an influencer, you've definitely influenced me on this. I used to run all, even my easy runs, I had an idea of where they need to be. I tried to always have them in the eights. I was like, you know, I, I don't want my Strava having anything mm-hmm. above an 859. You know, I, everything like, so I was, I was kind of grinding out and, constantly putting that pressure even on the easy runs for like if i like i would be like jogging and be like oh i gotta pick it up a little bit you know so i wasn't really getting those uh runs and i started looking at you know you post something online because i don't stock anybody on strava but you you might say oh i did my run today at at this nine minute pace and i'm like kafuzi's running sub three hour marathons i'm running my best marathon is you know low mid threes um you know it's i was like i'm doing this wrong if that guy can calm calm the fuck down (laughs) 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 oh man so uh i've started like this last training cycle i just i was like it doesn't matter like if it's an easy run it, it really doesn't matter with the pace and i think there was part of it was also the pressure of what we do i you feel like there's eyeballs on on you and certainly like in doing the adidas pro evo one you know i ran a half marathon in the middle of a 20 mile run and when i put up the results i was like i'm just going to put the results up there because that's what people are going to be interested in anyway and if i hide it it looks like i'm ashamed or something like that so i was like i'll just put up the results and you do get some comments where people are like oh, i can't believe <coughs> you'd use a, a shoe a 500 shoe for that pace and you just like, hmm, okay. <laughs> but like just seeing you do that stuff, uh, you recently did an Instagram post where you had several, like what, what was your week like average pace, would you say? Uh, so like that week, um, I did like threshold workouts and easy runs. And the easy runs are probably in like the 920s, 930s. 
um, and the, the threshold, the reps are around 630s. So like threshold effort, between threshold effort and easy effort, it's about three minutes per mile difference for me right right now. Hmm. Sometimes it yeah. shrinks and or grows depending on how I'm feeling. But Did you ever have a little bit of like self-consciousness about pace? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I was the exact, I had the exact same rule. 850s are great. <laughs> 910s are death. You know, like do not yeah. do not do nine tens, right? It's just ten seconds on the either end of nine minutes, right? But like it, it would it was like a like I will not, I would like run hard the last mile yeah. to try and get that underneath. So I've I've been there. I know exactly what that what that feels like. What you know? what? How did you change? Like what happened? Well, I had a bad marathon and I scrapped everything. <laughs> okay, and then I started doing low heart rate running, and okay. to keep my heart rate low, I had to walk a lot of time. So like I would run for maybe like slow run for like 20 minutes and then all of a sudden the heart rate would still go up. And so I was like walk jogging for like, you know, like uh, a lot of the time and it was super frustrating. But I'm like, I I believe in this. I think it works. Uh, I just got to keep doing it. It took me a little bit longer for it to kind of take. And for most people, then they're like, oh, then I did 14 minute miles and it was 12 and then 10. And now I do like seven minute miles at easy heart rate. I've, I've never got there. Mine have just kind of stayed in the like a nine to nine thirties for a very easy running. Um, and what is your heart rate at that? Uh, these days, uh, usually around like 140, 138. Okay. So somewhere so, around there. So I don't do heart rate training. Mm-hmm. But that's right around where my easy runs have been. Like I've been yeah. right in there. And um, I have to say this particular training cycle, I kind of let go. And was just like, okay, I'm just going to do my easy runs easy. And this is the first training cycle where when I do my hard workouts, I hit my paces every time. Mm, like I hit, I hit it on the Wednesday workout and I hit it on if I have a long run with paces. And I'm like, you know, maybe there is something to letting your ego go. And just if, if, if that's important to you, race day, that maybe you can let it slide and maybe be more stop apologizing for crappy performances on race day. <laughs> yeah. Cause that, that's much less fun than having nines in your average pace on Strava. I'll tell you. Yeah. <laughs> so do you even, do you even like think, I mean, you have a huge Strava following. Do you even think about when you're posting stuff there? Like, are you concerned that people are going to be like, Oh, you're not, you're not fast or, or you're doing this or you're whatever. Uh, no, I mean the opposite. I'm like, I hope everyone sees that like I'm taking my easy days easy Okay. because I want everyone like, you know, I, I, it's a, you know, marathoning's a long game, you know, like, mm-hmm. so what if you had a bunch of eight minute average mile e- easy runs air quotes, you know, like if you, if you feel like junk at the end of the marathon training block, it, you know, okay, you won something seven weeks ago, but you're not going right. to win whatever yeah. you wanted to win come race day. You know, I just think that yeah, it's just it's too taxing for a lot of people, including myself. So it's just like I got I got to do something different that works for me and hopefully people but, this will give people the kind of permission to be like, "Well, maybe I'll try that." It might not yeah. work for and you. And that's what it, it does. Work for everyone, but maybe it, it, will. it gives you permission like you're like, "I think the the results it's kind of like the proof is in the pudding kind of thing, but you're not pudding." But the <laughs> that you I feel like you've mentioned you, that like the, the last three episodes in a row <laughs> that you're putting um, <laughs> <Someone is anyway. laughs> the um the the thing is you you've done the sub three which i think most people most amateurs uh non-elites 
you might want to say, um, would say, hey, if you can run a sub three, that's that's an accomplishment. There's a few things in our sport that we're like, okay, for amateurs, what does it mean? And and qualifying, getting a Boston qualifying time is one of them. Getting a sub three is is one of them. There's just different posts. Sub four, even when you start off running, you're like, I just would love to run a sub four hour marathon, or it, you know, I don't know if you're out there and it's sub five, whatever it is. There's little fence posts that you you check off, and I think that you having that in your pocket frees you up to be like, hey, what I'm doing gets me to the goal I want. And it doesn't matter how I get there if I can show up on race day. But it really does liberate. Like when I see that, I almost felt like like an exhale when I saw that you would run at the slower pace. I was like, oh, I don't have to. I don't have to prove something every time I go out. Like maybe I'm proving something when I don't care. Yeah, I mean, and, and not to say that like, Whatever pace that I'm running for my easy day is definitively slow. I know that's, you know, slow is all relative, fast is all relative. I'm not right. trying to, you know, pace check anybody. I'm, in fact, that's, you know, the point is the opposite. But, I mean, I, I love the idea that other people are feeling better about their running because some other dude on the Internet doesn't care about how fast he's going. He just wants to make sure he's getting in 60 minutes easy. You know? Yeah, and that's a good point not to – we're not pace shaming or giving, like – what are the examples of times and the minutes that we're talking about are relative to how we run. And like, if I want to get pace shamed, I have Megan in the house, <laughs> so, um, which her easy runs yeah. are like seven fifteen. Like I would, I would die to run a marathon at Megan's easy pace right yeah. now. But, um, and it is all relative. And what we're talking about though, is like right now I've been training for a seven fifty marathon pace, which I don't know that I'll try to do it in New York, but that's what I've been using for workouts. And then if I run like today, I ran a nine forty seven after yesterday's workout was my average minute mile. And it's a that's basically two minutes slower. Yeah. So, you know, if whatever you're running, your easy run should be two minutes at least slower than what you would be trying to do for a marathon. That's Coach Thomas coming in hot right yeah, now. I like it. Well, I didn't. I, I agree with. I didn't want Kafuzi. Yeah. is correct. I don't want people to think that we're saying what's slow and fast. Okay, I want to go back to Grandma's real fast. Okay, because how after you do this mm-hmm. accomplishment, which took you five attempts, which congrats because it took me seven. Um, <laughs> it was five attempts two and a half years, something like that. Yeah, there's a pandemic okay. in there too. So, yeah. Hmm. Um. What was your like immediate thought? Were you like, I'm good to go. I'm done. I did it. Check that box. I'm just going to cruise out from here. Or were you like, "Mm, maybe I can go faster. There's a little bit of maybe I can go faster because I'm like, oh, I see. You know, like once you, you know, like once someone shows you the way, you're like, oh, I could find this again. You know, is what kind of like why I think like being able (laughs) to run with a pacer is great. You know, because then someone else is like, for me. is like, this is how, you know, and like, I'm like, oh, okay, thanks. Now I know I'll bring someone else next time. You know, like that's the kind of like mentality that I'm, you know, hoping to carry forward. Um, but I'm at the same time, I'm like, I don't know how much faster can I really get? I'm 43 years old. Like, uh, I mean, I think I still think I have PRs left in me, but I'm like, you know, for example, I'm looking at the Berlin speedy runners category. And I've got to run, if I want to be a speedy category, even at my age group, it's still like, it's like a 248. I'm like, Whoa. even now that's still, I've run faster since grandma's, but that's still another, 
like eight minutes faster. And that's just a lot, you know, and I'm just like, that's, you know, it's I, a mile and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Is there, are there any intermediary goals left? You know, like I, I was like, I need more round numbers. Like two fifty five isn't thrilling, you know. Although it'd be a great, you know, next step. Two fifty seems far, you know. And so I'm just like, that's the hard part. Is like, uh, there aren't obvious goals anymore. You know, first BQ is an obvious goal. After that, sub three is an obvious goal. Now what? I'm a good forty two minutes away from an OTQ that's certainly not going to happen, you know? So like what, what's in the middle it's now, it's just kind of like, well, how much faster can I get is an exciting, but also like uh, kind of like a murky uh, kind of proposition at the same time. Okay. Well, as someone who ran a two fifty six, my next immediate goal was two fifty five, And then once <laughs> I broke that, it went down to two fifty. So I think yeah, you just got to yeah. keep going. Yeah. I mean, and that's I the thing know. I want to keep going, but like, uh, like I said, it's just like, I know what's kind of working for me well. I'm going to keep doing that and see how many times I can kind of like put in good blocks and see where it can really go. Um, but it, it it's usually easier when there's like, you know, like here's that thing I want to go out, reach out and get, you know. And so like without that, it's a little bit harder to focus the workout sometimes. I get that. See, and that's strange because I'm in this new headset where I just want to show up healthy at the line and see what happens. Like, I want the excitement of, okay, I'm going to get myself in good shape. And then let's see how the day comes together. Because what I used to do was get myself to the line and then freak out that if it wasn't a success, if I didn't hit that goal. Like, if I didn't hit that arbitrary number, then the marathon was a waste and I blew it. And that sucks. I don't know if you've ever played golf, but that I quit golf because... And it was an uphill battle of me feeling like shit about myself all the time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Golf is hard too, because like every shot, every stroke is so precious. It takes a lot of the fun out of it. You know, I, yeah. I love the driving range, but I don't like to play golf anymore. Well, and I think we've talked about this before, Mike, but like you, like you and I are similar and like, and Thomas too, like we love running. Like you love mm-hmm. going out the door and running, like generally speaking, like if there was no marathons, you would still be running. We do it. Like during pandemic, yeah. we were loving. I loved running during the pandemic. Yeah, I ran. I ran a lot. I ran a lot of miles during that time. Yeah, that was Megan's first hundred mile week. Yeah, mine, mine too. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So how many how many marathons do you have under your belt at this point? I don't. I don't really count them. Uh, I don't know. Probably a dozen. Maybe. Maybe okay. more. I'm not sure. I, and so if you did, or do you have a next goal race and, or would it be London if you get a bib? Uh, Houston half is my next okay. race. And that'll, that'll be a, a, a PR attempt. And my half. I enjoyed that time. half course, by the way. I think okay. you have, you, you've run it before, right? I've run the full there. Where, when we were there last winter, what did you run? I didn't was run the full. No, I was just, we, oh, we were just, just hanging he was out. out there. Oh, that's right. You filming. ran, you ran with me. Yeah. You ran with me for a little while. <laughs> yeah. It's a great course. You're going to love it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I hope so. I struggled on kind of the, like I've struggled hard when I ran the full a uh, couple of years ago. So I'm looking forward to feeling strong um, on that course to get a little bit of like redemption, but also like I'd, I'd really like to update my half marathon uh, PB. And I think I'm going to run in the, I'm going to run in the Evo one. So that'll be f- kind of a fun nice. kind of day as well. So what's the, Remind me of the half marathon PB. I think it's like 126 something. 
So I feel like okay. there's some there's some room. Uh, as long as I get into yeah. like good shape, I should be able to hit that. And then it's kind of like, well, how much faster than that can I go? I don't know. We'll see. I like that. And you're you're self coached. You'll just do your own plans and stuff. For yeah. This. yeah, 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 yeah. And when I did that, um, that this week's paces um, post on Instagram that Tom was talking about. People were like, what is this? Who's coaching you? And I was just like, no one. It's just me. Yeah, don't no, no one to blame but me. It is weird. I make it's the different. rules. Yeah, it's different. Yeah. But this is what I've kind of figured out is kind of what works for me. And until I feel like I've tapped out on that, I'll keep kind of doing it. You know? Yeah. Okay, so you, you mentioned the Evo ones for uh, Houston. Mm-hmm. You've obviously done a couple little runs in them to get the feel and to understand the shoe. Yeah. Uh, you're digging it. I like it. It's very different than anything else that Adidas has, except for maybe the Takumi Sen, but I also love mm. the Takumi Sen. And so I feel like, you know, that would be a pretty good half marathon shoe. But since there's like a super version of the Takumi now and the Evo one, I think that that makes a lot of sense. Plus it's just, I haven't raced a half marathon in a long time. Not one that I was like running for a PR in a long time. Uh, and it's a sensational shoe. So why mm. not? You know, put all sorts of. Maybe weird I should go to Houston together. and run the half with Kafuzi and learn how to. Let's go. Enjoy go. the pain. Except yeah. for I won't. I'll I'll let you go up. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> Are you guys gonna go up, be in Houston or no? Um, I don't know. Uh, that's remind me of that date. Is that mid January? Fifteenth. Yeah, I think the four, fourteenth, fifteenth, something. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not. I'm not sure if that one's on the calendar, but you yeah. never know. Well, you guys usually have I, Donna around that time, too, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, so Donna happens to be the same weekend as the trials. So, oh, it is? but oh, trials is Saturday, Donna's Sunday. So we might try and do a little turnaround. We're not sure yet. That's not that far. Um, it's drivable. Yeah. You know? Right. Exactly. So. I mean, hours. I could certainly be talked into going to the Houston half. <laughs> Let's go. If, if you want to go, Meg. Could be your birthday. Um, it is right around there. It's also Meg's. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Pretty January cool. birthday is over here. Nice. Um, nice. Okay, I know you listen to a lot of podcasts. Okay. I know you listen to our podcast, yes. which questionable decision making. <laughs> but um, what's your favorite right now? I mean, your guys' podcast is my favorite right now because come on, uh, I'll take it. Don't, don't no, don't no, no. make him. Don't make him. I'll take it. <laughs> no, because uh, because I, well, I mean, I know you get this a lot because I've heard people tell you it's like I feel like I know you guys, you know, and it's just like running with my friends. <laughs> but like I know you guys, and you guys yeah, are my friends, are so it friends. is like running with my friends. <laughs> yeah. So I, I really enjoy that because I don't get to run. I mean, I do see you guys uh, frequently, but, you know, I, you know, it's like getting another chance to do that. So that's always a lot of fun. Um, and then I also love the Relay podcasts because uh, I'm friends with those people, too. And I'm on yeah. Relay every once in a while, too. So, like, that's another one where I like to um, listen to that one as well. So those are probably, like, my top two. And then number three is probably Allie Feller. So. All right. You know, what's, what's crazy is if you have, if you are a friend of mine and you've run with me, you know that the only way that you're going to get me talking <laughs> is if you listen to the podcast. Cause like, I don't, I, when I run with someone, I rarely, I don't talk that much. Like we did a 20 mile run with Robbie Jarrett, myself. I probably less than 50 words. <laughs> podcast it is. Yep. There we go. Okay. Our, Wait, actually, how do you decide what content goes onto Relay versus your channel? 
Um, so for relay, I have like a couple, like a segment that I do with Tommy okay. runs. So we do like the, like the running influencer kind of like interviews. Um, and then there's other stuff that relay does more as like a group, you know? And so like, I'll just hop on on that. So like, those are kind of like the two like lanes that I have in okay. relay and then kind of anything else I find, I split it either. It goes on Kofuzi run club channel, which is the live streams and athlete interviews, or it goes on my actual regular channel. So those, so I have kind of like three places as far as YouTube is concerned where things can go. Got it. Are you a reader? I listen to audiobooks like crazy because I, I have a lot of time on when I'm running. So I listen to audiobooks a lot or I listen to podcasts. But like if you give me a physical book, I will fall asleep like within 10 minutes. I am the same way. Like, I don't understand That's why it's the people. perfect thing to do before bed. No, it's horrible because you read the same page like five times because <laughs> you're drifting off. Yeah. I was thinking about this today because I was putting on, I love, by the way, if you want a great audiobook, the Rick Rubin okay. um, book on creativity okay. is phenomenal. Like, I've listened to it two times already, and I bought the hardback just so I could be like, look, I, I'm mm -hmm. supporting you because I love this so much. But if I, I was thinking like, Robbie reads a lot and I don't know, maybe his brain sucks in the words off the page faster, but for me, I have to actually like think about the words and, you know, I have to process the type and the whole thing. Like I like it's a, it's a, and Meg's a reader too. And I do, I fall asleep if it's so much work. <laughs> yeah. It's just a sedative for me. Like as soon as I open the book, it's just like, I don't know. It's just like maybe like that moment of sitting down and it's, and then maybe I've been running too much. It's just, everything shuts down. Just, and I think I at it. this point, I think it's almost Pavlovian, like book uh -huh, open for sure. sleeping time. You know what I mean? Like talk yeah. about sleep hygiene. You know, they say to set up a routine. Yep, yep. Like that's, <laughs> that's the it. routine that my body like understands is books open sleepy time. So. Yeah. Okay. So you wear glasses uh -huh. are, and I, I, this is another problem with reading that I've gotten as I'm getting older. Um, I have contacts, but my contacts correct for my nearsightedness. Oh, okay. So I can't see close. So I have to put on reading glasses to see close or take out my contacts. And if I take out my contacts, I'm fine. Are you nearsighted or farsighted? I, I can't see pretty much anything, but like okay. it started <laughs> out, I couldn't see far, <laughs> but now, and then it's gotten progressively worse. Uh, okay. So I, I think there's something to do with that with uh, reading as well. It's like, you, it's up close to your face. Mm. Like, I, it's just, it's work. Yeah. Okay, so not a reader per se, but you ingest a lot of audiobooks. So what has been a recent favorite? I just finished Arnold Schwarzenegger's new book, which oh. Oh, I, I, did not, I did not think I was going to like it at all, but I bought it anyway. And I ended up, it it started off a little rough, but it ended it ended really nice. I, I, I actually really enjoyed that one quite a bit. Very surprised okay, what it. did... I have an idea of what I would take away from that book. Mm -hmm. What did you take away from the book? Um, you know, at, at first it read like uh, he, as if he were reading a series of like inspirational Instagram quotes. And I was like, <laughs> this is not fun. Um, but then he started going into like his career and every time he pivoted in his career and how he like everyone kept telling him these are bad ideas. But he felt like these were good ideas and went with it. And also made sure to learn from other people along the way. 
Um, and I, that's kind of what I took away from it. So each step, like each phase of his career, and he's had a really wild talk about career changes. Like he's had some yeah. career changes. Yeah. So I felt like, oh, this was like the book that I needed. Uh, I just didn't realize I'd be getting it from Arnold. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Here we go. Here we the go. Terminator. Yeah. Well, see, that's what I think I would get out of it because he's been so successful in whatever he's chosen to pursue. So, I mean, think about it from bodybuilding to being a movie star, learning English, everything like that, and uh, getting into politics. Like the dude's done everything and he knows how to accomplish his goals. And I think that that's what I would be looking for out of that book. Did you get like that? Here's how to accomplish your goals. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not from like a, well, here's how you get into acting, but like mm-hmm. in terms of like, you know, <laughs> how, do, how do you learn from people? What's your mindset? How do you keep going? That was like, it was really good. Really good. Um, All right. I'll have to check that one out. Will yeah. you check out the um, uh, Rick Rubin one? Yeah, I will. I will. I worry though. Sometimes when I see Rick Rubin like speak, I always feel like Rick Rubin is trolling Rick Rubin sometimes, <laughs> you know, like just the way he presents himself and some of like the words that he's saying, like either this is really profound or he's making fun of me. And I'm not sure sometimes which one he's doing, but either way, it's giving me something to think about. And that's pretty valuable in and of itself. So like, that's why I've never, I haven't bought it yet, but if you, okay. if you recommend it, I'll check it out next. Uh, here's what I like. Here's what I took out of it. The, the, we try to, and we, I actually talked to you a little bit about this in Chicago, creativity-wise. Like, I sometimes try to force creativity where if you kind of open up and let it flow through you, which sounds abstract without reading the book, but there, it almost has like um, a Zen garden kind of feel to the to the book. And just that maybe that, For example, you are a creator and there's something that the universe wants out there, whether it's getting more people to run or more people to enjoy running or more people see the uh, possibility of having a YouTube channel or or something like that, that the the universe is speaking through you and you are translating that through Kafuzi's lens and we are doing it through our combined lens. But the interesting thing is that in his mind that that stuff is out there. And it's just who's willing to actually express it and do do it. So it, it's a. I, th- I thought it was very great. I probably just lost everybody yeah. on that one. Okay, yeah, I hear what sure. you're saying. I hear what you're saying. All right, I'll check. Um, it out. Okay, I know we're past the hour mark here, but I have I still have like seventy thousand questions. So let's do some okay. quick rapid fire. Okay, sounds great. Okay, do we care what if it goes you? over an hour? I don't. How's your time, Mike? I'm good. I can okay. go over. Um, we'll just, but we'll still just do some rapid fire because this is fun. Okay. What are you most excited about for TRE this year? Uh, to see everybody. Uh, like I, I almost don't care about the shoes this year. Okay. Just like, Uh, okay. So my next question was going to be, what's, are you most, what brand are you most excited for, for 2024? But do you just don't care? I think, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I'll, we'll see what people have to offer. Um, but 2024, I think is going to be a really good year because 2023, I think a lot of people were holding back a little bit. We're still on a bubble from release schedules and like uh, supply chain stuff from the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And so like a lot of brands didn't update key models in 2023, 
or extended kind of like 2022 into 2023 models. And so 2024, especially with it being Olympic year, all like the big hitters are going to be re updated and re like released. So like it, it'll be fun all across the board, I think. Okay. What is your favorite daily trainer right now? Right now, probably no last four. Okay. Yeah. Um, what is your favorite marathon race day shoe right now? Uh, I like the Metaspeed Sky Plus still, and also the Endorphin Elite. Those are my probably two favorite. Not you're not going Evo. I I don't know that I would like it for a marathon. Oh, okay. So, what's your race day shoe under the marathon? Uh, well, the Evo one's going to be my half marathon racer of choice. And then um, probably the Takumi Sen would be like anything shorter than like a half marathon or under. I'd probably reach for the Takumi Sen. Okay. I think you kind of already answered this, but what um, like event or trip or plan in 2024 are you most excited for? Um, I mean, Berlin is pretty exciting um, because hopefully that would be my sixth star. Um but also London could be really exciting if I can make some other plans also work on it too. So we'll, I mean, we'll see. I'm excited about both of those. He wants his UK domination tour. Yeah. Well, you know, the idea you start in Boston for the week before and instead of the British invading the United States, the Americans go and invade England. I will, feel like it's poetic. Will TV be involved? You know? What's that? <laughs> <laughs> will will TV be involved? Yeah, we're going to throw yeah. the T into the, I don't know, Atlanta. Wait, what could we bring that would be very American that we could dump in the Thames? <laughs> hot, like hot dogs? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I like it. <laughs> oh, <it's> so gross. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, that would be fun. I'm not sure if that, that'll ever happen, but, um, but like... You know, like I mean, I'm very excited for the possibility of traveling and and getting to meet runners in areas that I haven't really been before or haven't been in a very long time. And so, like, just getting to meet people that are normally like, I don't know, I'm never meet this guy. And be like, oh, all of a sudden, this guy in my YouTube's here. Cool. Like, so I, Lithuania, I, I, it is. <laughs> maybe I won't say no right now. So we'll see. New Zealand, let's do that. Let's well, do an Australia I mean, New Zealand the, trip. The Masters Marathon Championships is going to be in Sydney next year. So I mean oh. there's a, there's always that hanging out there. We we actually got a message. We haven't talked about the party yet, so after Rapid Fire we'll have to talk okay. about it. We got a message from a group of people coming from the Sydney uh marathon that want to see how the New York City's run because they think they're getting the uh the seventh star. Ooh. Well here's the thing is And they're coming to the shakeout. This podcast okay. is gonna come out after New York. Okay, we'll find oh. out if they showed up. Oh, no, but I thought you wanted to talk about New York on here. Oh, yeah, so there's no point in talking about the party. If... <laughs> it'll be it'll already have happened cuz it's <clears throat> okay. it'll come out after the weekend. Well, thanks for everyone for coming um, out. Can you believe that? That yeah. was that thing that Thomas <laughs> said was wild. That? Wild. Can you believe the turnout that we had? That was insane. I felt like entire New York was there. Yeah. All sure of the New York. Sure yeah. The entire it was, it, was, it was hard to believe that it happened that way, but you know, then it did. Yeah. You <laughs> must have given out a million high fives. Yeah, it sounds about right. Yeah. Um, all right, we can let you go, Mike. I so appreciate you coming back on the show and chatting with us and very much looking forward to seeing you in a week and a half. Yeah, less than. 
And um, yeah. Well, now it's in the past. So it was yeah. great seeing you a week and yeah. a half ago. Yeah. But yeah. It was so good to have seen you guys out there on the course, crushing it like I knew you guys were going to. So uh, yeah. thanks for, so much for having me. It's always fun to sit down and talk with yeah. you guys. And and uh, let's get silly. Let's get silly after the New York City Marathon or in the past. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm so confused now. <laughs> I know. We've already thrown it. time? We're throwing the, the hot dogs at this point. <laughs> Just throwing hot dogs in the water. Hot dogs in the yeah. water. Yeah. <laughs> All right.